Welcome to Raised On It. This episode, I get to talk to one of my favorite country artists from our neighbors to the north in Canada, Jason Benoit. Huge fan of his music, huge fan of his voice. Think he's awesome. Think he's uh, an artist to keep your eye on. Uh, recently, he won an award that was fan voted for his music video for Slow Hand. Uh, he sings on it with Leah Daniels, and originally it was a Conway Twitty song back in the day. Great song, great music video, and his most recent single that he's put out is called Two Wrongs, and he just released a music video for that, and considering we're in these strange times where you can't do a huge blowout video shoot, they got really clever. They went with a comic book theme, but it fits the song. He talks a little bit about that towards the end of this episode. Really clever idea. Really enjoyed it. Um, two other podcasts that are part of the Raise on a Podcast Network you should be aware of. Video Vault, all about music videos. Our new episode will be out later this week. We tackle one of Reba McIntyre's music videos. Or maybe we tackle Vince Gill's. Or maybe we did both. A little teaser for you, so stay tuned for that. The Album Collection, we take a deep dive on different albums. This week we tackle Lone Star's Lonely Grill, so stay tuned. That is also out later this week. If you missed last week's episode, it was a great discussion, too. Talked with author Jake Brown. He's written 40, 50 books all about music across the spectrum. And he's written a bunch about country music. And his latest book is called Behind the Boards in Nashville, where he writes about how some of the biggest songs in country music came to be. He interviews, I think, 30 of the top producers in Nashville over the years. And they tell these really great stories about how some of the songs came to be and how they got songs to certain artists and so forth. So he talks about that, some of his background, a lot of great little nuggets in there. So I encourage you to check that out. But I'm really excited for this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Jason. He's really authentic. He has a great story about how music's been a part of his life ever since he can remember. It's just great. He's a good dude, makes great music. We're big fans of him here at Raised On It, and hopefully you will be too. So without further ado, here is my chat with Jason Benoit. I am joined by Jason Benoit, great artist out of Canada, singing great country music. So Jason, thanks for joining me. And... Mm -hmm. I want to start off by asking what it feels like to win an award because first of all, congrats. You just won the ECMA's fan choice for video of the year for your collaboration with Leah Daniels on slow hands. So whenever you could talk about that and especially what it means to win an award when the fans have a say in it. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's uh, this is actually my first East coast music award and you know, that itself is, amazing for me i'm just so excited but the fact that it's a fan's choice award just makes it that much better uh fan th that's why we do this it's for the fans um you know it's it's uh it's it's you you dream of having fans sing along with you and and uh you know enjoying your music and and to have you know all the fans vote for me to win this award uh and this this award wasn't just in country it was across all genres for east coast music so I mean, this it's nuts, and it's, it just shows the power of country music in Canada and around the world. I mean, it's it's huge country music. So it's uh, it, it, the fans are amazing, and and this is a testament to them. It's crazy. I gotta ask because the music video it just seems like you guys had a, just a lot of fun filming it. What was the actual process like getting that video shot and recorded and everything? It was it was um, it was interesting because it's the first time I've ever I've ever done a video with someone else in it right because Leah was oh, in, I right? suppose that is different it yeah. was a duet yeah so I mean we had to kind of play off each other um they, they had like there was a, a uh, uh you know a, a bunch of it that uh, you know we did on her farm or her uh, her grandmother's farm and uh, you know like Tim Deegan is the producer and that's her boyfriend um I guess fiance so um so I mean, it was like it was really chill. It was a lot of fun. It was just you know just just enjoy it and and have fun with it, right? It's always a little weird, of course, because it's a camera pointed at you and you're, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been you know doing this business. I mean, you, it's not something that ever feels normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a 
it, it, it always feels a little bit awkward, you know, when, uh, when you got to do some stuff in front of the camera. But I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I just, I just roll with it. And, and Leah is great. I mean, she's, it was no problem working with her at all. And it was uh, from, uh, you know, beginning to end, it was a great, great time, great experience. Yeah, it's a great video. I really enjoyed it. So if you're listening, check it out. Slow hands. Let's go back to the beginning. So Jason, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? Uh, we could talk about those sorts of things. Yeah, uh, I grew up in a small town, actually just across the bay from where I live right now, um, in a, another small town in Newfoundland, Western Newfoundland called West Bay Center. And, um, uh, you know, I had uh, two older brothers. So I'm the youngest of, of, uh, of three, um, you know, uh, mom and dad uh, traveled a lot to, for work. And, uh, you know, so we did that a lot as kids too. And, uh, but I mean, uh, music was always such a huge part of, of my, uh, my upbringing. Um, so many aunts and uncles, uh, played guitar cousins, uh, of course, as you know, East coast, you might've heard of the East coast kitchen party. It's not a, you know, it's not a cliche. It's an actual thing. Uh, we've, we did that so often. And, uh, even, as a kid, I remember just, you know, curled up behind uh, the rocking chair while all the adults were having a good time playing music and, you know, having a few drinks and stuff like that. And, and it sounds, you know, today, you, you, you know, it might sound, it might sound like abusive or something to, to be <laughs> partying with the kids <laughs> around. I, I know it sounds so weird because I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it today, but back then it just, it was just so normal. It's just, it's like, like the kids just kind of ran around and did their thing and, the adults did their thing. Right. So, and it just ended up the music just, uh, you know, was, was great. And country music was, was a huge part of, uh, of, uh, you know, of my memories as a kid. And, uh, so many country songs being sung at these parties and it was, a uh, you know, outside of East coast music, um, country was the main, uh, genre that was sung at these parties. And my, my older brother actually, um, who's, uh, I think he's he's eight years older than I am, and uh, he he taught me how to play the guitar when I was fourteen, and uh, he was a huge inspiration for me because like he used to sing like Garth Brooks and Joe Diffie and and uh, Tracy Lawrence and all these guys, and and that's that's where it all began for me. I was probably you know uh, well, I, like I said, I was fourteen when he taught me, but he played for like for years before that, so I always grew up listening, watching him play, and. He was a he was a huge inspiration of, of why I got into this too. So um, yeah, it's, it's uh, it was definitely a family affair, and uh, that's why that's why it comes natural today. Do you guys still get together as a family and hundred percent jam out and stuff? So are you because you're probably I'm assuming probably have the best voice in the family. Is there any sort of <laughs> sibling rivalries or you know friendly <laughs> no. jabs? <laughs> no, no, no sibling rivalry. Uh, no, I, my brother's a great singer. Uh, you know, he he can out sing me at a party anytime. Uh, really? Wow. Yeah, at a party. Yeah, he can. He's he's. There's just it's different worlds. Uh, I find from my experience, there's there's the party world and the club world, and then there's the professional singer world. And really, it, there's a big difference. Because honestly, just think, okay, if you're sitting around uh, a campfire with, say, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam, you think you're going to ask him to sing all night? Like, I could pr probably sing, you know, it just doesn't sound, like, it doesn't make sense. Right. Come on, Eddie Vedder, sing me a sing that to Johnny Cash song. You know, like, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't register. And I often think about that, actually. It's like. It's like how like I'm I'm not that fun at a at a party like, <laughs> I, you know I've got my I've got my go-to songs that I love to do and stuff like that but it's not like I sit around and sing all my, sing all my own stuff all night or something right it's a it's a different it's a different it's different so like <laughs> he uh, he he definitely uh, he shines at parties he's so my brother Miles and uh, but uh, yeah I I mean I'm I'm fun too I've been alive. <laughs> But it's, uh, it's just, like I said, it's a little different. You know, it's just, it's, it's a different world. <clears throat> so you mentioned earlier Garth Brooks, Joe Diffie, those type of country artists. Obviously, we're called Raised On It. So it's, it's always curious to hear, you know, who are the artists that you grew up on? 
were those two kind of the main ones that shaped your love for country music and kind of who you wanted to be as a country artist or were there other ones that also helped shape who you are as an artist today? Well, well, first and foremost, it definitely came down to the, to the, the people I heard singing the songs because the people at the parties, that's the first time I heard the songs. I would have heard them first at these parties. And then, sure. because honestly, there are some songs that, that I would hear sung at parties that were sung better, I found, than the wow. actual, yeah, because it was just a little different because there was a different style. Uh, probably some of the songs were like way older and then, and it wasn't like, it kind of sounded d dated when I heard the original song and it just sounded so good live. And so it's like, it's, it's a little strange, I know, but um, that there's definitely a, like a, a bunch of songs like, um, like Ronnie Millstap songs. I, I know like there's two people that I listened to growing up um, who used to sing a ton of Ronnie Millsap and, and I, as, as good as Ronnie Millsap is, I love Ronnie Millsap. Uh, they just had their own way of singing it that that I fell in love with first. So it was kind of hard to get used to the other way. But um, but no, there's uh, there's a ton of uh, after after that, you know, that that's something that actually I, I never I never really told anyone before. It's, and that's so true, though. It is uh, the uh, the local sound that that really I was raised on. That was really uh, a huge part of it. But uh, but after that, I mean. Joe Diffie, Joe Diffie is, I mean, I didn't realize how much Joe Diffie really mattered to me until recently when he passed away. Sure. Honestly, I, I shed a tear. I, I, I felt like I lost a part of the family, honestly, because I listened to that much Joe Diffie. My brother, like I said, sang a ton of Joe Diffie. And it was just like one of those guys that just, you know, that was always around and music music has a you know music has a huge influence on everybody's life i mean it's um it's so important i mean if emotionally to get you through a lot of stuff you party to to music you when you're feeling crappy you listen to music it's always <laughs> there and it's and it's um you don't I, I don't think you realize that uh you know like these people how much they mean sometimes until they're gone right so it's pretty crazy but um uh, you know, Joe Diffie was huge. Garth Brooks was huge. Uh, I remember watching all Garth Brooks shows. I'm like, like, I want to do that one day. Like he's swinging on ropes and on stage and it's crazy. Like, so like I, it was, um, Joe Diffie. I mean, there's a, a bunch of older guys. I said Joe Diffie, sorry. I meant Garth Brooks. Um, a bunch of the older dudes, um, like I said, like Ronnie Millsap, um, Johnny Cash, George Jones was huge. George Jones was actually a, a big influence on my writing uh, because uh, just, just the way he can put emotion in the lyrics, it, it was, it was the tone of his voice that he could draw a word and it just made you feel something like, and that, and that for me was, that was phenomenal. Like to, to listen to that. And that was, there was so much inspiration I got from that, like in my own, even for my own developing my own sound um like tone of voice and making making sure that there's emotion in your in your lyrics is just so important and that's where a lot of it came from 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 the older guys but the, there was a lot of soul in the older music right and um uh, not to say there's not a lot today actually today there's, there's a lot more soul than there has been in the last uh say probably 10 years ago it's it's right now it's the country music that's coming out in my opinion is incredible <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, uh, yeah. So like back in the old days, it just, there was, I, and I think a lot of it to do was the, the way it was recorded too, um, uh, on their equipment that they had. It was just, you know, that, that record sound, that warmth, that, uh, that just made music feel like it came like, well, like it was in the room with you and it felt a little more natural, um, sometimes. And, uh, yeah. So that music, I mean, it's just, that, that was a huge part of my, uh, upbringing and my uh, for my influences too and there was just so many there was there was a lot I mean there's we listened to I listened to everything and anything uh, back in the day especially when I was just starting to learn and I could play the guitar pretty good and I was like okay now it's time to get going so I was like I listened to try anything that would actually you know what I started playing older country music like because 
you you can't play the guitar fast when you first start playing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So like fast songs come later, uh, upbeat <laughs> party stuff. So I started to sing um, uh, a lot of older country, uh, like I said, like the George Jones um, and the Johnny Cash and um, just the little bit, the slower, the ballads and stuff like that. And, and that's kind of where it all began for me is with the older country. And, and, um, and, and that's, that was a huge uh, part of my beginning in the old, old country. And I actually, it took me a long time to get to the, to the point where I liked the new country, especially when I first started, uh, when I first started, um, until, until I, uh, we got to the Jason Aldean, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, Eric church and, uh, like these guys open up the doors and that's, that's what, uh, that's what I started listening to at the beginning that inspired me to write gone long gone and cold day coming and all want to party and all that stuff. Like that's the ones that's the, that's the inspiration that how those songs came to be. It, it was listening to, um, Jason Aldean's, um, uh, what's that, what was that album where he's, laid back with his legs crossed on the, on the cover but <laughs> oh. my kind of party i think it yes was like his, my his kind biggest of, one yeah. right yeah yeah well that was the album that was the name of the album so that one was the uh that was the album that that really you know i think it really got me into the new country it took me a while man i'm not gonna lie i mean before that it was like it was just there was a lot of hip-hop sounds mixed with country sounds and i'm and like now it's they've perfected it now so it sounds to me like it's it's perfect now but right for a while to, it just it took a while for me it didn't jive with me for a long time so uh was was there any hesitancy or caution as you're making music when you weren't really necessarily liking the new country sound were you did you feel that pressure to have to create that sound or were you just like you know what this this is who i am well, um, hundred percent. No, the pressure was there. Pressure was on, man. <laughs> well, my, uh, my manager came from pop. So, uh, he's the guy who, who picked me out of the, like, he, like I was, I was working at a, a credit union, um, in Stephenville, Newfoundland and, uh, you know, putting co- uh, original songs up on YouTube and Facebook. And, um, like he, he I, actually, he, my first manager, Jensen Vaughn, he, um, he grew up with my first cousin in Halifax and um, they moved out West to Vancouver and actually he became, he became a big songwriter himself in the pop world. Huh. And then he, he, uh, he heard my stuff and he was like, yeah, like I, he told my, uh, my cousin, like one day I'm going to help him out when I, when I get to the point where, you know, I'm successful enough, I can help him. I'm going to do it. And he did. And uh, he kept, he stayed to his word and, and uh, I appreciate him for that. But um um, yeah, so he, like I said, he came from the pop world, so th- I was surrounded by by that. And actually, it wasn't bad. It was, it was a push that I kind of needed to, kind of step away from the older country style because it was really, you know, I was really into the older stuff, right? So, and that's not what what radio was playing at the time, uh, right? Although they they were playing a, a bit older stuff, like with Brad Paisley and um, and that neo traditional kind of a sound here and there, but it wasn't a whole lot. And, uh, <clears throat> it was leaning a lot more, uh, towards the pop sounds. And, uh, and, you know, that's, like I said, that took the Jason Aldeans and the, and the Eric churches, uh, to, to, uh, really break me into it. And, and, uh, once I got in there, I just I really enjoyed it and, and, uh, and started to write, uh, you know, from a different perspective, it was different and it was, but it was cool. It was really cool. And and it worked obviously because because uh, <laughs> gone long gone uh, went to you know went to top ten which is really awesome. So so you go from you know playing around the fire with your family, everyone's making music. Two part question: what at what point did you say, hey, this is more than just singing around the fire? Like I want to pursue this professionally as a career. Like this is my plan. And then was there a moment? Was there a was it a show, a particular song where you realized that I'm, I'm good and like, this is actually possible? Well, I mean, again, it started back at the parties, uh, just with the, with confidence, um, people really cheering you on after you sing a song that really helps a lot. Um, 
uh, I mean, and then from there it went to uh, doing shows at there's there's a, a theater of about 500 uh, 500 seater um, in Stephenville, Newfoundland, about 25 minutes away from me right now, where uh, where I started doing fundraisers when I was probably 17, 18. Uh, there was like the local hospital fundraiser or something like that. I'd go up and they'd have a country night and then you'd go up and sing a few songs and then you'd walk off stage. Right. So it was like, it was that deal. And, um, uh-huh. and I, and I'm, and that was where, you know, I got my first taste of, you know, sold out shows. It was, they weren't there just to see me, but it was still, the house was sold out. It was packed. The energy was there and, and, and it, it made, you know, that's where the, that's where the excitement came from for me to, uh, to, to start to pursue this as a, as a career. And again, this was when I was 17 or 18. Um, when I was 21, so just to move on from that, I mean, I, I did after that, I moved on to, uh, just so I don't want to, I don't want to skip ahead too far. I, uh, after that, I started playing the bar scene. So I started doing the local pubs. Okay. Um, and then um, like the, you know, stuff like that almost every Friday night playing different shows and, and uh, you know, just getting my chops and learning what people liked, learning what people didn't. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it was a, it was a little bit of a struggle for me. I mean, cause I, if you met me when I was a teenager, it's a completely different person than who I am today. <laughs> cause I was, I was pretty shy. I was, I was, you know, kind of reserved. So uh, music got me out of all that. And, uh, um, it took, it took some time. And when I was 21, I actually tried it for Canadian Idol, uh, in St. John. Really? Yeah. What was that experience and, like? <laughs> that was, that was crazy. It was, it was pretty nuts. I didn't make it past the first round and that was what? a test. Yeah. It was a testament uh, to how you're not always ready for something. You know what I mean? Like as much as I thought I was ready for fame and stardom right then, I wasn't <laughs> um, because it, it, it's just, you know, it, there's, there's just so many levels, right? And you just got to work your way up through, you know, the ranks and, and, and you got to learn the experiences. And, and that, that one was like, it was, it was too much of a step up because once I got out there, I was like, the thing of it is, is how it works. I'm not sure if you know how Canadian Idol or the Idol shows work. Is you don't just go out to the, the main judges. To right? the main judges, there's like three sets yeah. of judges before that: the producers and the ex- executive producer. And <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I made it through those guys. I'm like, all right, yeah, no problem, because it was just like a couple of guys sitting in a room. And then when you go to the main set of judges, you go out. There's like four TV cameras. There's like three boom mics above <laughs> your head. There's like 20 different lights, and then they don't like let you see it first. Like they like, it's, I think that's that's the whole point that's of it. Part it's of supposed it. To so the pressure's the, on right away. Exactly. It's supposed to shock the system, and that's what that's what when they see uh, who can handle that kind of pressure. Because every week you're going out in front of, you know thousands of people with tv cameras everywhere so that's that's a huge part of it and that they they never they don't really tell you about that stuff but that's um yeah that was that was the pressure was on and and i did not do well i forgot the words of my song half of my half of the words oh, no. and, yeah it, it actually was god bless the broken road by rascal oh Flex. no <laughs> yeah oh it's too funny so how did you just, you know how did you like re- rebound from that then because I was sure pretty devastated in the, in the dumps, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I drove, it's like 10 hour drive to get to St. John's to, uh, from where I live. So it's like, we drove down, it was me and my, uh, my, my wife, who is my wife now, she was my girlfriend at the time and, uh, my uncle and, uh, on the way back, it was just kind of like, kind of numbing, you know, it's like kind of staring off in the spaces like crap. Like I, I thought I would do better, <laughs> but, um, uh, it was it was a learning uh, experience, huge huge learning experience. And from there, just you know, just uh, I started developing my writing after that. And um, up to that point, I did do some writing, but I took writing a lot more seriously after that point because I I, I realized maybe I wasn't me- meant to be the singer, and maybe I was meant to to be more the songwriter. So I started focusing more on songwriting. And uh, I wrote a lot after that. I wrote all the time. And uh, 
for years and years and uh and and just kept doing the local bar scene uh and then uh ended up like i said i was 28 years old when my manager called uh and uh or wrote me actually on on facebook and said what do you think about i said you know what he said first he said um um because he was with the publishing company at the time so he said I just got the, um, uh, an email in saying that Garth Brooks is looking for music for his next album. <laughs> he, oh, said, oh. <laughs> he said, do you have any songs? <laughs> no pressure. Oh, it was, it was, uh, and then like right from the get go, it was like, like rush, rush, rush. It was like, it felt like, oh my God, everything was blowing up. And um, nothing happened with that. I didn't get any songs with Garth Brooks. But uh, that was just the beginning. Like he, he, from there, we started working together and he started, you know, try, trying to see if he can get me a record deal and stuff like that. And, uh, but yeah, that was the, that was the, uh, you know, like the, the tip off of the, the, the catalyst that kind of started my whole career and, and as it is today. It was, uh, it was pretty nuts at the time. Well, and then that eventually led to, I'm going to make an assumption. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but when you were the CCMA discovery award winner, I feel like that's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, it was, it was really cool. I mean, it was, um, <clears throat> at the time the, um, ECMA awards were in Halifax, I think. And, um, that year they were, they were showcasing, um, they wanted to showcase East coast country. And, um, that's, uh, it was basically, um, it's the, uh, CCMA discovery award Atlantic. So it was for the Atlantic region. And, uh, it, that's what they were, they were doing that year is just, cause there's a lot of great country here. Uh, but country music isn't, uh, and which to this day, it still boggles my mind as to why not, but country music is, is not seen as an East coast thing, you know, like, East Coast, you yeah. think of, yeah. To me, uh, from from my experience, East Coast is known about known known for pubs, for Celtic music, for step dancing and fiddle music and 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 instrument instrumental music and stuff like that. But but um, there is some amazing uh, country music on the East Coast, uh, out of from New Brunswick right to Newfoundland. I mean, New Brunswick, I think New Brunswick has some of the best harmonize harp the country harmonizers i've ever heard like there's some amazing country singers they're they're a lot of franco uh country but they're there's some incredible singers in new brunswick and um and across of course newfoundland uh and nova scotia pei but um anyhow um yeah so the the discovery uh atlantic award that was it was in 2015 i won that and that was the same year that gone long gone uh that summer actually went to uh number seven so uh that all came around all at once in in one year and it was a it was a whirlwind and it was amazing uh experience uh, you started to you started to talk a little bit about it the canadian country scene right and my impression being in America here is that there's such, there's such untapped potential in Canada when it comes to country music. I know, you know, the likes of Lindsay L and Tennille arts and Tennille towns are, you know, having some success and some success mm -hmm. in America where mm -hmm. fans are recognizing that, but it, what is the scene like in Canada right now with country music, maybe compared to where it was even five or 10 years ago? Um, the scene is, I mean, it's, it's just like in, in the U S it's, it's ever evolving. So, I mean, it's, it's been changing, um, to, you know, a little, a little more edgy, a little more pop. Um, but then, cause we kind of Canada kind of, uh, base its country off of America, obviously. I mean, that's uh, the uh, Nashville is where it all began and that's where it'll always be from. And, um, and so we, you know, we tend to follow the trends of what, um, the U S is doing. We're, we're a little bit later than the U S. So 
say a year, maybe a year and a half later, we'll have we'll start coming up with with artists or songs that that kind of sound like what's going on in the U.S. But it's um, uh, like as of right now, like it's, it's the same idea with like there's that uh, Luke Holmes sound that's coming around now in Canada, yeah, because um, it's it's huge. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's easily making its way into uh, into production and uh, into how you know new artists and things like that. So it's um, it's 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 very much the same. Um, I think it's just that Canada is so much smaller. I mean, we it, the U.S. has I think three hundred and thirty um, uh, radio stations uh, on the uh, the A charts or something like that, and and Canada has thirty two. So okay. it's like, <laughs> that's, that's a big difference. Yeah, that's a big difference. And it's because you guys have like a hundred times more population than, than we do. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, and it's, so the population is more spread out in Canada. It's, it's a, uh, it's a huge as, as America is, but our population's so much smaller. You tend to have to travel further to do shows. Um, you have to, you know, to extend your reach a little bit further than you normally would. And, um, and uh, you know, that's always a challenge. Um, but it's, uh, it's, you know, and up in Canada, it seems there's like, this kind of a balancing act between Ontario and Alberta for the, the country music scene, you know, like, Alberta like who, the, who where, the superpower is or yeah the superpower yeah <laughs> so um and then like then it's the east coast after that but uh but yeah it's it's uh it's definitely interesting place but it's it, it does echo a lot of what america does and in, in their country music right yeah i mean i've noticed that too it just seems like and I don't know what it is if there's this imaginary line obviously if there's a border but it's the, the sounds between the music that you guys are making and the music coming out of Nashville is so similar. And you mentioned maybe it's a year behind, but it just sounds, it's so good. And I just, I'm just, I wonder if there's ever going to be a time where it just, it all blends together and, you know, it's just one super, super big country scene. Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely possible with the internet now. I mean, like we we've got the opportunity now to, to reach people we've never, we could never reach before. So that's why I think the Canadian country music is starting to leach into, you know, into the U.S. and around the world a little bit more. And um, there are a ton of great country singers in Canada. And uh, and it's, um, you know, it's uh, but Nashville is always, you know, Nashville is always where we end up. It's the Mecca. It's the Mecca of country music. We always we have we go there. We write. We um, you know, spend time there. We, we produce there. We, uh, you know, but, but how it works in Canada, if you want, uh, there's a certain thing called CanCon. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. No, what is that? Um, so, um, the Canadian, um, I'm not sure exactly who <laughs> in Canada. Anyway, I'm not sure exactly who, uh, first, um, you know, released this, this uh, these, um, stipulations, but, CanCon, how it works is Canadian radio has to play at least, uh, I think it's 35% or 40% Canadian content. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That's good. So, uh, yeah. So it helps Canadians because, yeah. because then, you know, you get to hear a lot more Canadian artists on radio, right? So it's, uh, you get to hear all the great uh, American uh, hits and the top 40 and stuff like that. But then there's an ability to, for, um, uh, for Canadians to get on the charts and to actually achieve a number one, if, if that's uh, the case in Canada. Right. Uh, I like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's fair. It's, it's really fair. It's, and it's, uh, uh, you know, it's important to, to help foster and support Canadian country, uh, that helps people to, to continue and, and to, uh, uh, you know, to give them courage to, to, to push for country up here as well. Right. So, um, it's, yeah. So it's, uh, I'm not, that's not well known. It's not a, it's not a thing because America, I mean, you just go, it's the charts and that's it. And so you wouldn't even sure. have to worry about that. Right. So, but Canada is a little different because we know that most of, um, you know, most of the amazing 
country music is, is from the U.S. Uh, because of Nashville. So um, it's just a, uh, that's a little bit of a fail safe so that our Canadian country singers get played too. And that's across all genres. Uh, it's not just country. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like that. No, because there's, like we're saying, there's so many good singers and artists out there that just need their shot to be heard and never know what 100%. could happen from that. Uh, I want to talk about your most recent EP, Revolution Part 1. Such a good EP. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not even just blowing smoke here, but um, I think one of the things that stood out is just the songwriting. You wrote a lot on it, but you also got some help from, I think, Brett James, JT Harding. Like, yeah. What was that whole project like and working with those guys or getting to record those songs that I mean, they've been writing number one hits for a decade plus now? Yeah. Well, the, um, the ser uh, actually, I, I met JT um, was during the Sirius XM um, was a top of the country showcase thing. And I got to meet uh, JT and, and he did like a sort of like it was like a sit down session where he talked to uh, a bunch of the, the, the singers and the songwriters there. And um, I got to talk to him after. And, um, and I just, you know, I loved what he was doing. And and the songs that he wrote, like num like number one hits for um, uh, Keith Urban and Blake Shelton, and it was like his songs, they resonated with me because I I knew those songs and I and I thought they were great. So I um, you know I when we sat down to uh, do the album, to pick the songs for the album, um, we decided you know this time I was gonna try to reach out and and. You know, to uh, because I have never done uh, my first album, Waves. It was all my own music. It was all my own songs that I wrote 100%. And then, um, so we're like, we're gonna try something a little different this time, and which is always great. And um, so uh, we outsourced some of the songs, and that was uh, Saturdays for the Girls and Forget to Forget off of the uh, off of the album. And um, as soon as I heard them, I I was like, it was it's it was. I can explain the situation uh, like uh, listening to a song that you might've heard for the first time. And you're like, I love this song. It's like, it's the same mm -hmm. thing for when you're when you're picking, uh, picking songs for an album. So it's like, uh, you just knew right away. Yeah. You knew, right. You know, right away, but, but you also have to, it's a little bit different because you have, because you could love a song, but it might not be the right song for you. <laughs> because not because not every artist can sing every other person's songs right right so you have to then you have to sit down and record the song and make sure it sounds good coming out of your mouth instead of the, the songwriters the songwriters yeah <laughs> right so um yeah so uh, i mean i i did that for uh it was but there wasn't that many that i uh it didn't take that many before i found the songs and those were the, the two songs like when i heard them right away i was like oh i love these tunes and um so that was that was really cool and it, it was it's just like singing cover songs really <laughs> because <laughs> because it's like it's it's someone else you didn't write them right so um it's uh, it's a lot of fun and i i enjoy doing that and i'm looking forward to doing some more of that actually uh working with some great nashville songwriters and and um and the songs that i wrote on the well um slow hand slow hand on the album that was that was uh, written uh and released back in the in 1980 by the pointer sisters and then then released by conway twitty uh the year after which which that's the version i i heard um was the conway twitty version i always loved it and then i started doing that song at shows um at festivals a couple of years before i recorded it and then um we said well why don't the, the fans were like they were loving it the version that i was doing so they uh, we decided well why don't we record it and then we uh, we decided to record it as a duet, which was never done before, just to make it a little bit different and a little bit fun. And and that's uh, you know that it seemed to uh, to work out well because the it's uh, it's actually my highest streaming song. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. High, it's uh, yeah. So and um, uh, and then it again it just won the uh, the award for the fan choice video. So that just shows that that one uh, they did like that song, but. Um, but yeah, so the, and the other songs that they were written by my, uh, actually, no, uh, not all of them. Uh, one, they were, they were all written by me and the rest of the songs on the album. Um, so I won't go, um, 
let me see endless love when we know those three were written by me alone and then um two wrongs i wrote with a good buddy of mine um <laughs> actually before a festival uh, we sat down because um the festival was in prince prince edward island and it's a uh, cavendish beach music festival it's a big festival up here uh big country festival and uh so it was i was up there i was staying at my buddy's place uh probably a couple of days beforehand and we sat down and there was a bottle of, we had a bottle of tequila and a <laughs> bottle of fireball uh on the table and we didn't plan on writing we were just sitting around just having you know a couple drinks as buddies and you know just you know shooting the shit and uh and then we we ended up later on during the night we're like we started just messing around with that uh, with lyrics and we ended up writing the chorus of two wrongs and um and it and we're, <laughs> we were we were surprised when we listened back to it the next day because it was it sounded <laughs> great because <laughs> you never know when you're drinking but uh, uh so anyway I, I went back home after the festival and i ended up finishing the song and uh uh, and then we ended up on the album and that's my uh, my current single actually two wrongs so yeah yeah i want to talk about yeah your current single so two wrongs you just released a music video for it which i'm assuming did covid and coronavirus have an impact on it because oh, it's a it's a really creative idea um i know one of my favorite tv shows the blacklist i think they were maybe like half an episode in when like production got shut down so they did something similar and it's a really cool clever concept of still having like something of substance in the video yeah. so what was what was the thought process uh behind creating that and releasing it well it was an idea for a while actually to come up with a video like that it wasn't meant it wasn't really it was always on the back burner as sort of an idea for a video and then it was just the perfect timing because yeah. I could I couldn't fly anywhere to to the video because where I live I live uh, there's um, where I live in such a small place um, like right out in the sticks that there's nowhere to do video music videos or production companies around here so um, normally um, for for the people who who don't know uh, Canada um like newfoundland is an island on the on the east coast <laughs> yeah so it's uh it's um you know it, it, it's not known for you know production and and all that stuff so um so i, I normally i'd i'd go over to like halifax or toronto to to record a video um for uh, and but I, again because of the covid situation um that was just impossible so uh we're like well, okay let's let's look at what we can do to uh to you know to try to make a video for this and and it actually worked out perfect because it, it's sort of like a lyric video at the same time uh, because the way the song was written it's it's like a conversation so this the speech balloons with the comic book idea just worked perfectly because because it's every every line of the song is me talking to this girl and uh, it just worked out perfectly that it just you know fit into a comic book <laughs> and there was a little That's story crazy. around it right? yeah. yeah so it ended up working uh, working it really well no when i when i saw it it was i'm like oh i've seen this done before but i'm like this is so it's just so clever with like you said it fits really well with the song with the lyrics and um you could have probably released that music video like when it wasn't crazy times with coronavirus <laughs> yeah. and it and it totally would have fit. It's really, it's really yeah. clever. So I'm curious. So it was, it's titled revolution part one. Does that mean mm -hmm. there's a part two coming in the future? Yeah, that's, that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens after the, uh, after all this situation dies down with the, the sure. COVID. but, um, but yeah, no, definitely. That's a, there's a plan to have a, a part two. We're probably going to do a couple of singles in between. Uh, and and work on the work up to it, but uh, but yeah, definitely a part two in the works. So just a couple more questions here. Life is crazy right now. Everyone's dealing with the thing everyone knows about. I hate even mentioning the word, but how do you stay positive as an artist trying to create music, write songs during this time when people are down to the dumps? You're not able to tour. You're not able to. People just aren't able to live life normally how do you try to stay positive when you're creating your music now yeah it's it's not easy 
It's, it's very hard to stay positive and, and to get in the mood to write a song. Um, the songs that I did write, um, I mean, I am home with my family, which is awesome. So, I mean, you can't, it's not, it's not like, it's not like I'm not away from them or something. It's, it's at least I'm with my family and we can, you know, it's, there's a lot of wide open spaces where I live so we can get out and, and, you know, you're not surrounded by a lot of people. And so it's, it's, it's a good spot to be in this situation where I live. Uh, I'm very blessed. Um, So, I mean, I did get some songwriting done and I I do it every now and then. Um, Yeah, I have three kids, so it's, it's kind of hard (laughs) too anyway, but um, like every now and then like song lyrics to come to me or, um, you know, I'll wake up uh, half asleep in the middle of the night and jot something down or something like that. And then I'll end up (laughs) trying to work on it at some point. Uh, But uh, connecting with the fans, that was, that was an issue. I mean, nobody's doing live shows. All my shows this summer, uh, all the festivals have been postponed until next year. So, I mean, um, at the time, as soon as everything started shutting down, everybody started releasing live stream videos. And I'm like, I'm going to (laughs) wait. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's doing this right now. (laughs) Right. I'm I'm just going to chill. I'm going to sit back. Because I mean, I'm uh, I'm just gonna let them do their thing, and then I waited probably a, a few weeks, and then I started my own my little thing. I made, a, you know, a little plan that got together, and I'm like, I think how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do a weekly show, and um, I'm gonna call it. I called it Friday Night Lockdown Live, and then I did it every um, every Friday at nine o'clock Eastern. I I did an like an hour show and um, just a, a live stream. And it actually ended up, uh, it was my first time doing a lot live streams like this. <clears throat> I should have never, yeah, which is pretty crazy. Like I never, never really dawned on me, like, because I never really had to do it before. So, um, it, it was, um, it was at first, it was kind of like, uh, you know, it, it took a little bit to get my bearings, but it's so much fun. I, I, it, I didn't realize how much fun it was actually, because it's, it, not like a live show, like at a concert, you can hear fans, you can hear them, um, you know, yelling and screaming and having a good time clapping, but you can't see individual comments. You can't, oh, yeah. you know, you can't, uh, uh, it, it's a, it's so different. You're with a band on, on stage and, and you can't automatically switch it up and do something. If the band doesn't know the song you're going to do, it's you can't just switch into something that somebody says like sing this song or whatever. Yeah. Sing Morgan Wallen like whiskey glasses or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, nobody knows it. I can't. Sorry. So, but I mean, if you're, but if you're in this, just me and the guitar, it's so intimate and that can happen. Like somebody can just call it a song. And if I know it, I, I can do the song or try the song or a part of it, or it's just so much more intimate. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. And it really filled the void for me as an artist, for one thing, it, it re- helped out for the fans. Is it almost therapeutic in a way? Oh, a hundred percent. It was, yeah. it was just as entertaining for me as it was for, for them. It was, it was, I look, I look forward to it every week. And, um, I mean, the summer I kind of, um, I have, I kind of, uh, moved away from doing it every week just because the summer came in and things started opening up and, you know, people are doing stuff on the weekends a bit more now, but I'm, I'm yeah. doing it this Friday. I've, I've been one, I'm going to do it every month uh, for the next bit. Um, and, and if we get back to the point where everybody's locked up again, I'll do it every week. So it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, again, it's just as much for, for me as it is for them. Um, so, but it's, it's so much fun. I, I love it. I can no, sing I whatever I want too. Like I could sing old country songs and like, I don't have to sit down and, and sing, uh, like I don't usually do that at a show anyway. Like I usually do some covers and medleys and stuff and of other music in my show anyway. But, but like I can just, it's just like sitting down with a couple of buddies having a It's almost drinks. like when you're growing up sitting around a fire. 100%. Kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly what it's like. Yeah, exactly what it's like. It feels like it throws it way back to where I first came from and it just feels really natural and, and it's just a lot of fun. It's just, yeah, it's really cool. That's awesome. I think you're really clever because I remember the first week or two, anytime I hopped on Instagram, I saw like the first 30 stories were all lives and you had to choose 
which artists you want to listen to yeah. and they're all going live. So, um, yeah, I like that. It's a good call. <laughs> La- lastly, I'm always curious about this, you know, your goals and dreams. Where do you want to be as an artist in five or 10 years? Do you look at that? <laughs> do you have, you know, not necessarily, I want to, you know, sell out or sell X amount of albums or whatever, but where do you kind of want to be in the next five or 10 years as an artist? Wow. Um, well, I'm 30, I'm 35 right now. So 10 years, geez, I don't know if I'll be, <laughs> <laughs> I hope I still, I'm still releasing music. Um, that's the thing. It's, um, it, it's a, or are you just living like day by day and living in the present kind of, I'm, I'm a very live in the present kind of person. Um, I always said that once my team stopped pushing for me, I'll stop. As long as they're, as long as my team and the fans still want me to release music, I'm going to keep releasing music. And, um, you know, once if, if people are like, no, nope, sorry, man, you just, nobody wants to hear you anymore. I'm like, Oh, fine. I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'm not tied to it that way. It's not like I'm going to try to keep chasing it, but as long as people want to keep listening to music, keep supporting me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying to put music out one way or the other. And if, if, if I, for some reason, stop putting out albums, I'll just keep doing the live streams or, and doing local shows and, and trying to do what I can do that way. Right. So I'll, I'll always be doing music in one way or another and, uh, and performing for people. Uh, because I love it. It's so much fun. Uh, uh, for me in 10 years, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> uh, just the state of the world today. I don't even, I can't even imagine what it's not. The, it's not even what's going on now. Like with all this stuff, it's, it's just, you know, like country music and the state of digital, you know, digital formats, mm-hmm. all of this, like who knows where it's going to be in 10, in 10 years. I have no idea. Right. It might be easier for artists, smaller artists who are not would assume yeah. get better, you know, to get out there better. Right. Which yeah. is great. I hope that's the case. But um, uh, yeah, no, I'm just going to just just roll with it, man. That's just the kind of person I am. I, I kind of I do live by day by day, day by day. And and it's uh, I'm, I'm only two. I'm only I realize how blessed I am to be doing this. I, I come from a town of 200 people. And, um, and to be able to be releasing music and to be winning awards and, and, uh, doing all that. I mean, talking to, talking to you and and doing this, is just, it's a, it's a blessing. And I realize that I know it and I'm, I'm very happy to be able to do it. Well, you sound really at peace who you are, where you're going. (laughs) So we're big fans of you here. We're going to keep rooting for you. Thanks for taking the time to chat. I'm going to encourage everyone to go check out two wrongs and slow hand, the music videos stream your music but jason thanks seriously so much for chatting uh and we'll chat soon i'm sure man thank you i really appreciate this